Twitter new ownership. The Drake basketball team is looking to keep rolling tonight in Des Moines. The 10-1 and Bulldogs host Alcorn State, seeking an eighth win in a row. After getting back on track against the Patriots, the Chiefs now get ready to host the Raiders in the first game of the NFL's Christmas Day triple header. The Falcons are making a change at quarterback, benching Desmond Ritter for the second time this season as Taylor Heineke will start Sunday's game against the Colts. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, we'll get back to the NFL with our friend Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Trends plays of the day coming up uh, before we get out of here at one as well. Well, one of our go-to guys from a national perspective, college basketball, is Rob Doster from the field of 68, and he joins us for the first time this season. Rob, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. I'm doing great. It's the middle of college basketball season. Uh, we got Christmas right around the corner. We just had one of the best days of college basketball I can remember yep. since I've been doing this. So uh, I don't think I can get any better, man. College basketball is in a great place. How can you not love it? It can. I, can, I would love it more if conference play would start tonight, um, especially in the Big 12 <laughs> and the Big 10. But it's coming sooner rather than later. Hey, Rob, um, this is kind of a selfish one because I love to bet futures. Um, Purdue, Kansas, Houston, Arizona, UConn. Purdue, Kansas, Houston, Arizona, UConn. Outside of those five. Can anybody win the national? Well, I'm sure they can, but who outside of those five can win a national championship in your uh, mind? I, I think there are a bunch of teams. Like one that really stands out to me is Marquette because okay. of how good their guard play is. Um, you know, I, to me, it's one of the first things you got to look for for a national champion is do they have two guys that are creators? Do they have two air quotes point guards on their roster? And I think that uh, with Cam Jones and with Tyler Kolek and with a guy like. Oh, so look at Daro, who can uh, who can be a facilitator if you need him to. Um, to me, Marquette is a team that can find a way to be able to make a run. I know they got whacked on Saturday, but I'm still in on Baylor. I mm. think that with the guard play that they have, with how well they shoot the ball, with what Scott Drew expects out of a team defensively, I still think that they're uh, certainly talented enough to be able to put together a run. I got one outside the box for you. Okay. I think Oklahoma is really dangerous. Huh. Yeah. I don't think they're getting anywhere near enough attention at this point in the season. I think that a team that has uh, two point guards like they do, uh, and JV McCollum, the kid that transferred in from Siena, and Milos Uzan, uh, the sophomore, I think both of those guys are very, very good. I think we've seen Otega Owe take the leap this year. And the one thing I love about them is that uh, they kind of have – the ability to match up with with just about anyone, depending on the style of play that you're going to roll out there. Um, you know, they play two point guards. They have three or four wings that can play the three or the four spot that are like six six to six eight and super athletic. They have a couple of different five minutes, Sam Godwin and uh, and John Hughley, who can both kind of step out there and, and play a different style. You know, Sam Godwin's more of the rim running, athletic, switchable five, whereas John Hughley is like the floor spacer that. Uh, can shoot threes more of an offensive weapon. I just, you know, Porter Moser, we've seen him have success mm-hmm. uh, in the NCAA tournament. We've seen him make some runs back when he was at Loyola Chicago, and I think that he's got a team, man. They got uh, they get North Carolina, I believe it's tomorrow night uh, on national television. That's going to be a heck of a basketball game. And honestly, 
I think that Oklahoma is going to find a way to go out and win that thing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then Iowa State and Oklahoma begin Big 12 play. Is he? Six. Hello. Yeah, difficult schedule to open things up for Iowa State when they get there. Let's talk about this Big 12. Once again this season, it is far and away the number one conference in all the land. The bottom, a little bit iffy with Central Florida, Okie State, and West Virginia struggling, but 1 through 11. Doster, I believe there's a real opportunity that they could maybe push the Big East for that record of teams getting in. I think double digits is definitely on the table here. This very well could be a year. 7-11, and 11, if you get the right seven wins in the win column, you're going to be a tournament team with what those 11 teams have put together. Is that crazy? Um, I mean, yes and no. It kind of depends on who you get those seven wins against. Like if you sweep West Virginia and you sweep Oklahoma State, right, you, sweep, right. you, you pick up a win against like, um, I, don't know, I, I don't know, whoever near the bottom of the conference, like maybe not. Uh, but I, I do think that there are 11 teams that are certainly capable of, of being able to get a bid to the tournament. And uh, to be frank, like I think West Virginia, if they ever find a way to get all of their players on the court at the same time, you know, they just got Raekwon Battle back uh, or eligible uh, at the same time that they just got Kirk Kreese back at the same time that just lost Jesse Edwards with a broken wrist for a month. Like mm. if they ever get all, all three of their studs, on the floor at the same time, like you're, you're going to have a very, very, very good basketball team. It just seems like that's never actually ever going to be something that happens. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's loaded. One of the things that's been the best for the Big 12 is that it looks like BYU is actually real. And I know where they're ranked on Ken Palm. I'm not ready to buy into them as being like this top 10, top 5 kind of a team. Uh, I think they've been more kind of like a borderline top 25 team to me that's uh, that's gotten a little bit lucky in the metrics so far this year, but I do think that the fact that that is a team that looks like it's going to be a tournament team and a team, tournament team with a pretty good seed kind of tells you everything you need to know about how good the, the Big 12 is. They came into the year saying, all right, well, look, you know what? You are going to have to play Houston. You are going to have to play Kansas. You are going to have to play Baylor. You are going to have to play Texas, uh, but you still get games against, you know, an Oklahoma might be an easy game. You still get a game against BYU that might be an easy game, and look, no. No. Not going to be an easy game. Not going to be an easy matchup. So, uh, yeah, to, to answer your question, I think that this league is absolutely loaded. I would probably set the over-under at nine and a half big mm-hmm. to be able to get in. And I think a lot of this is honestly determined by what happens in other conferences, right? Like, does Villanova ever figure this thing out? Like, are they going to actually be able to turn this thing around and be a tournament team? Uh, is Butler for real? You know, Butler's looked like really, really good so far this year. Uh, they get Georgetown in their first Big East game, but then they play at Providence uh, over the weekend. So that'll be something that you got to keep an eye on. Like, um, what is UCLA going to be? Like, is that are they actually a tournament team? We all had them penciled in start of the season. Doesn't look like they're going to be a tournament team right now. They don't have a win over a team that ranks in the top two fifty on Ken Palm. Right now. <laughs> um, so it's it's things like that. It's not just how good the conference is; it's how good the competition is going to be for bids. And I'll tell you this much, man. Like, I don't know how much you guys are watching the Mountain West. That, that might mess around and be like a five-bit league. They are. Wow. Colorado State is real, mm-hmm. right? I think Nevada is real. Um, San Diego State, they, they got a kid named Jaden Ladee who's been playing some of the best basketball in the country. Like there's, You can legitimately get five teams out of that conference, and I would not necessarily be surprised if that ended up being the case. So um, the Big 12 is awesome. The Big 12 is loaded. The Big 12 is going to be a gauntlet. But I think that to get to 11 bids, you need to have a weird year where – some of these other leagues, like the Big East gets four, and the Pac-12 gets three, and um, and the Big Ten ends up getting like five or six. And you need 
just need someone to kind of fill that out. Yeah, Drake, beating Nevada was huge yeah. uh, for that reason. I want to ask you about the a two-part question, uh, Rob. Uh, who um, is, is Purdue's biggest threat, if there is such a thing in the Big Ten? And then with Purdue, with the, I guess, maturation of both Smith and Lawyer, uh, is, that, is this a Purdue team that will finally live up to some people's expectations? Purdue legit, and who will push them, if anybody, in the Big Ten? And Purdue is absolutely legit. And if uh, Braden Smith and Foster Lawyer are going to do what they did on uh, Saturday against Arizona, then I just don't know how you beat this Purdue team. Like, uh, honestly, it, it's amazing if you think about it. Arizona came in as the number one team in the country. They came in as a team that everybody was kind of saying, yeah, you know what, I think this might be the best team in college basketball. And Purdue just roasted them over an open fire, man. Like, it was – if Arizona doesn't go to that weird, like, 2-3, two, 3-2 three, three, two matchup zone that they were playing for a long stretch in the second half, Purdue ends up winning that game by 25 points. Mm-hmm. Like, they were – they were on the verge of blowing Arizona out, and uh, and Arizona had to go to a junk defense. They never played; they hadn't played a single possession of zone defense heading into that game, and it was a zone that got them back into it. And they still ended up losing by eight. Um, so yeah, I think it's it all. I mean, we said this last year too, though, right? It all comes down to the guards. Yep. You know, the most important thing when you have a big guy like Zach Eady is your ability to actually be able to get him touches where he can be effective, and what. Uh, what FDU was able to do last year was get out and pressure those guards so much. And they kind of, I mean, look, they kind of got the yips a little bit. It was, uh, I like to call it lemon booty, right? Like you get a, you know, a little pucker over there, you get a little bit nervous, you get a little bit worried. Um, and that's kind of what happened to them in that game. So, uh, I, I think that they, they're going to exercise some of those demons, man. I, I'm all in on that. But who is their biggest, uh, com- the, the, the biggest competitor to them? I don't think that Illinois can win the Big Ten because I don't think that they're necessarily consistent enough. But, with what Brad uh, Underwood had built there, they got a team that's going to be elite defensively because they got like four or five really athletic dudes that can be super switchable. If they need a big guy, they can throw Dane Danger out there. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really have a point guard, but they got two, maybe three guys that can be very, very good in isolation. And I don't know if there's a better player in transition than Terrence Shannon. So, um, for them to be effective, they're going to need Shannon and they're going to need Marcus Domask to to be guys that can go out and get probably combined like 35 points every given night, just kind of in one-on-one matchups, which is something that I think is more doable than people realize. And they got to be able to score and transition and off their defense because they don't have a point guard, man. Like if you're trying to roll Ty Rogers out there as a point guard, <laughs> you, you're <laughs> we're, we're, we're having a very different conversation about this group if they land, oh, I don't know, somebody like a Ray J. Dennis who uh, who who – Illinois was in on, but ended up transferring to uh, to Baylor. So um, I'm I'm very much in on Illinois as a team with high upside. But like I feel like we have this conversation about Illinois every year. Right? right? They're always a team that got the talent, they got the pieces, they got guys that can play when they are at their best, like they were against FAU in the Garden. You know, they look like a team that we're going to be seeing in Arizona. Right? They look like a team that is going to cut down nets. Somewhere. I don't know if it's Big Ten. I don't know if it's Final Four. I don't know if it's National Championship. But they look like a team that can cut down some nets. But then there are nights where, you know, the shots aren't going down, where Terrence Shannon is like one for seven from three, where Marcus Domask is like three for 13 from the floor, where uh, Coleman Hawkins is doing his Coleman Hawkins thing, where uh, he's firing up 35 footers, not able to get into lane, and, and he kind of is making more turnovers than it is assists, right? So when they're at their best, they're really, really good. But I just. Do you? I, 
Look, if you trust them to be at their best for six straight games, and I'm going to go ahead and allow you guys to invest your money in the future on them being able to make the Final Four or win a national championship, I'm going to hold on to my hard-earned dollars and find a more savvy bet to put them. Let's uh, take a look on the local front. Iowa looks to be a rebuilding year. Four freshmen out there. Owen Freeman's been outstanding. We've seen glimpses of Dembale and Brock Harding. Not sure how much of the Hawkeyes that you've seen, but definitely feels like a reset kind of year for Fran McCaffrey. The problem is Fran has not delivered in March. And not making it to the Sweet 16 over 14 years, the natives are restless. What's your perspective of the Iowa program? It looks to be a down year. And where they kind of go from here going forward? Uh, Well, one, I think what you need to do is you need to go find out if there's any more Murrays uh, anywhere <laughs> yeah, yeah, around. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. if you got another one of those, uh, another one of those that wouldn't hurt. Uh, <laughs> members come through, like that wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, maybe try to find yourself a Luca Garza. No, look, I I think that Fran is one of the best developers of talent that you're going to find. Right, like he is very good at identifying a player that a lot of people aren't um, aren't kind of looking at as a potential superstar at the college level, getting them over two to three years to the point where they can be a really, really good college player, and then finding offensive ways to allow those guys to thrive. Like, he's a brilliant offensive mind. If you go back and look, it doesn't matter who they lose. Like, you lose Luka Garza, player of the year, and they still end up being a top five offense. You lose, lose Keegan Murray, lottery pick, you still end up being a top five offense, right? So, um, to me, it's just a matter of, uh, he, you got to give him another year or two to be able to kind of develop some of these guys, right? Like, I, I just, I don't think that um, I would be looking to get rid of him because my big question is, it's always, the grass always seems greener until you actually have somebody that you can go out and hire, right? So if you are trying to make that decision and if you are one of these people that wants to run Fran McCaffrey out, and to be clear, I am not one of those people, uh, I think the question you have to ask yourself is, who can we get that is going to be better? Who can we get that is going to consistently make yep. us be a tournament team that is consistently going to churn out all Americans that is consistently going to put us in a situation where uh, we have a chance to make a run. And like, look, I know I get it. They haven't been successful in March. Not a lot of big teams have been successful in March. Look at Purdue. Do you think <laughs> Purdue fans want to run Matt Painter out of there? Uh-huh. Right. They've won big, East cha- uh, big 10 championships and they've lost two double digit teams. The last three NCAA tournaments, they Wild. lost in the first round. To North Texas, they lost in the Elite Eight. No, I'm sorry, the Sweet 16 to St. Peter's. They lost in the first round to a 16 seed. The Purdue fans ain't trying to run Matt Painter up out of there. So uh, I think you need to hold tight. I think you need to enjoy what you have and um, find ways to be able to help him be better. You know, maybe get a defensive coordinator. Maybe yep. find a guy who's going to be able to make sure that you're not like 167 in defensive efficiency. You know, maybe if you can find a way to get some stops or raise to the floor of what you can be. Um, to me, that's the big thing, too. The, if I'm running that Iowa program, I'm telling Fran McCaffrey he's got to go out there and find someone that's going to be an elite defensive coach, hire him, and let that dude run your defense. All right, Jacob, you got to help me out with Iowa State. They've played two teams with the Pulse. Virginia, well, they see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Virginia Tech beat them. Undermanned Texas A&M team beat them in Orlando. Uh, they're bludgeoning everybody else that uh, that they should, but I just don't know about this team. I think they're good, but how do we know for sure? Your thoughts on the clones? And they're good. They're they're not as good as what their uh, their rating in the net says that they are right now. Right, six, uh, yeah. and that'll that'll kind of even out. Like it's it's we're a third of the way through the season, and and uh, some of these high major programs have not, like you said, played a lot of uh, high level competition. And weird things happen with small sample sizes when you when you rely on data like this, and, and that'll kind of even it out. Um, I think Iowa State's tournament team. 
Yeah, uh, I do too. I really like the uh, the, the Momsilovich kid. Uh, I think that he's been um, he was a nice addition. I know that uh, that Ox is really excited about him coming in this off season. Uh, I think that Taman Lipsy is one of the most underrated point guards in college basketball, and I love the transfers that they they targeted in the portal. Um, you know, I think they're a tournament team, but I, I'm not sitting here saying that they're going to be a team that's going to be able to, you know, uh, compete with the likes of the Houston and the Baylor and of the Kansas, the very uh, upper echelons of the Big 12. But, like, if they finish ninth in the Big 12, that probably means you're mm-hmm. sitting there at, like, 9-9 nine and nine or 8-10. That probably means that you've been able to pick off enough tournament-caliber teams in the league, especially at home, where you'll be able to have a, a resume that looks good enough to make it to the NCAA tournament. So I think they'll probably be dancing. And Iowa State knows better than anyone, man. All you got to do is get in and kind of figure it out from there and see if you can put together a run. So um, I think the one big advantage that that Iowa State has over a lot of other programs in that conference is that they have an unbelievable home court. And the most important, like if if you're not one of the elite programs in a conference, right, like if you're not a top three team in the conference, you need to be able to defend your home court to actually have a chance to be able to to make a run to the tournament. And I think that um, being able to have a building uh, where it's literally nicknamed Hilton Magic, right? Like everybody knows that Hilton Magic is a thing. Uh, And if you have a building like that to help you win some games um, that you need to be able to win to be able to get yourself enough quality wins to get to the tournament, I think that is a huge advantage. And uh, I would be, I would probably bet on Iowa State being a tournament team at this point. Mark it down. Tuesday, January 9th, undefeated Houston comes to town, mm. and they will be undefeated no more after that one on ESPN2. Okay. Oh, Clip and save. All right. Yep. Lock it up. I love it. Yeah, good stuff. Hey, Rob, thank you for doing this for Trent and I. Appreciate it. Have fun with the family at Christmas. Know you will, and we'll impose on you a time or two in the regular season. Rob Doster, Field of 68. Thank you, Rob. Always a pleasure, guys. I'm glad that we were able to get through this, and so I can go crack open the eggnog. That a boy. Merry Christmas, Rob. Thank you, buddy. Take Later, care. Guys. Yep. Bye bye. Rob Dosterfield of 68. Him and Jeff Goodman, uh, and a cast of dozens over yeah. there. Really good basketball minds. If you're a college basketball junkie, I'm sure you've already found it. If you haven't, uh, you'll be glad that you did. We will take a timeout. Back to the NFL. It's 1225. We're Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station. Uh, Frank Schwab joins us next on 106.3. Um, today. Tutty's Tavern at 6240 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines is now open and under new ownership. Featuring 50 beers on tap with a huge local selection. Tutty's Tavern is the upscale sports bar you've been looking for. With great steaks, lobster tails, sandwiches, burgers, and an oyster bar with oysters five different ways. Score a touchdown at Tutty's Tavern. 6240 Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Last summer, my house was hit with hail. Between assessing damage on the roof and dealing with insurance, it can be a stressful situation. Luckily for me, it wasn't stressful because I called my friends with Wolf Roofing. We were able to get a new roof on our family home in one day. It looked sharp, everything was cleaned up, and now we have peace of mind with our new roof. Set up your next roofing project with Wolf Roofing at 515-225-8866. Or you can go online at Wolf Roofing. I've never tasted so good. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Take you into a one-trench play of the day. Circus Sports 
sponsors that. That's coming up here in about 15 minutes. Right now, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com joins us. Frank, Trent and Ken, as always, we appreciate what you do for us. Thank you very much. Happy holidays to you. I guess that's where I want to start is, um, did George Kittle kneecap Brock Purdy's chances of winning the most valuable player yesterday when he said that, if it's up to me, I would vote for Christian McCaffrey. I I get the vote, um, but did did Kittle uh, stop that in its tracks, the Purdy uh, bandwagon as far as MVP? Frank? Are you there, Frank? Not working. We had Frank. We did. I, I talked to Frank. Let's uh, let's uh, Frank. We're going to hang up. If you can hear us, we will reconnect with you and try that again. Uh, but it was interesting when I saw those comments. That um, I don't know what outlet it was part of. Um, Kittle was doing the interview. He had a sponsor behind it, and, and he was asked about the uh, um, the MVP, and he was asked flat out if you had a vote, who would you vote for? And he said nice things about Brock, Brock Purdy. It's hard not to. Uh, but he said, look, the bottom line for him is if he had to vote, uh, and he was asked, he would vote for Christian McCaffrey. Frankie, there, Trent and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey. There Howard. you go. How are you guys? I'm doing well. <laughs> uh, did you hear my question about uh, Kittle perhaps kneecapping Brock Purdy's chances to win the MVP yesterday? Well, you know, Brock himself did. Brock came He out did, yeah. Said, yep. You know, Christian's our MVP. And I find this fascinating in that, you know, as we stand out, look, NFL MVP voting has an absolute formula. It's honestly kind of boring, mm-hmm. and it's a little, I hate to say lazy, but lazy. 13 of the last 14 MVPs have come from the quarterback of the number one or two seed. 11 of those quarterbacks have been the one seed. So mm-hmm. if you're the quarterback of the number one seed in your conference, 11 out of the last 14 years, you have a chance to be the front runner for MVP. San Francisco 49ers are, I don't want to say locked into the number one seed, but it's getting close, yep. right? So, and then you look at some of the other numbers that usually indicate MVP, stuff like yards per attempt and EPA per play for the really nerdy people like me. <laughs> and it all points to Brock Purdy, right? But what if the 49ers, if this is their thing, if this is, hey, we're throwing all of our support behind McCaffrey because of what he does, Brock seems to be on board, so it doesn't seem like it's going to upset the locker room at all. Do voters listen to that or they they just go by the formula? And nope, does When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline the quarterback on a number one seed we're voting for him that's what i find fascinating and also what happens if half of the voters say you know what they're right christian mccaffrey deserves mvp and half of the voters say you know what Uh, i'm gonna just go by my formula and go brock purdy does somebody like lamar jackson get in the door does Mm. josh allen have a shot if uh, if the 49ers uh, split their votes 
this is the the first time. Look, we've had MVP races not settled in in week sixteen before, but it's usually like two guys. I, I think there's legitimately five six guys still in a race. Purdy among them, McCaffrey, Lamar, Josh Allen. I, I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys still up for it. Dak Prescott if he finishes strong and they win the NFC East. I, it's really intriguing with a few weeks ago. San Francisco is playing incredibly well. When Trent Williams was out, that was part of the three-game losing streak. He's not ill, Ill right now, and injuries look good. With what we've seen from Philadelphia and the struggles they've run into, Dallas last week, is it a foregone conclusion? This is, unless there's an injury again to Brock Purdy, the 49ers are not just going to win the NFC, they're going to run away with it. Yeah, it really does look that way. Now, all that said, it's the NFL. Things happen. Mm-hmm. 2007 Patriots didn't win a Super Bowl, so I mean anything's possible, I guess. But who's gonna? Who, who would you pick to beat the 49ers at this point? And the answer is just nobody. And they got, is, assuming they get the number one seed, and I do, I do assume that they, they have two home games first to get to the Super Bowl. Who's going into San Francisco out of the NFC and beating them? I, I you know, even the Lions, uh, they struggled until they beat the Broncos. Uh, any of these wild card teams don't really impress me. Cowboys can't play on the road. Uh, nobody from the NFC South, of course. So, yeah, it is the 49ers and everybody else. And I've, I've kind of been saying that for a while, but now the gap is, is just enormous. I mean, the Eagles defense is just a travesty at this point. The Cowboys can't win on the road. The, you know, I mean, the, the Lions have had their issues. It's, if the, if the 49ers don't make a Super Bowl this year, at least make it, uh, it would be a, honestly a pretty big disappointment, a big failure for them. You know, I don't remember, maybe there has been one, Frank, uh, that with four weeks to go, there was a team that was in 11th spot to get into the playoffs. Now they're sitting nine, yet the love for the Buffalo Bills, I mean, this thing is, is steaming down the tracks, uh, that this, this team is an absolute legitimate threat. Uh, we thought that last year was going to be their year. Obviously, it didn't end that way. Without a clear cut favorite in the AFC might people be on to something with Buffalo? Yeah, it almost reminds me of uh, cross sports here in a long time ago, but when the NBA expanded the first round from five to seven games because they knew the LA Lakers were going to be an eight seed and they didn't <laughs> want them. It was, yeah, I, go back and yeah. look at that. I mean, the NBA literally in the middle of the season said, no, we're going to have the uh, first round be seven games from now on, and that happened to be the year the Lakers were sneaking into the eight seed. And it's almost like that, where you knew the the seed doesn't matter. The Bills, I have the Bills third in my power rankings, and they're Jeez. nowhere. Yeah, they're nowhere near a playoff lock yet. I, they're probably going to make the playoffs. They caught a break. They're going to catch the Chargers without Justin Herbert. Then they play the Patriots at home. You assume two wins there. The Dolphins the next two weeks have two tough games. I know they play. I think it's the the Cowboys and the Ravens. You assume yep. the Dolphins lose one of those two. That means week 18 is for the AC's title, and I, I probably trust the Bills to win that game, too. So, yeah, this team is really, really good. They don't mind going on the road. I mean, they, they should have beat the Eagles. They did beat the Chiefs. Uh, they came home and beat the heck out of the Cowboys. It was a really, really good football team. I, no, everybody in the AFC is just hoping that somehow they don't make it because mm. they know that that's probably – I mean, I don't want to shortchange the Ravens. The Ravens are really, really, really good, and they probably are in the first seed and all that kind of stuff. But – other than the Ravens at home, I don't think that anybody else in the AFC is better than the Buffalo Bills right now. We got craziness going on in the division that matters the most here in our market, the NFC North. One you grew up watching, well, is the Central back then with Tampa, but they're not part of the mix anymore. <laughs> the Packers, uh, people are crying to get Barry fired. Vikings fans want O'Connell fired. And the Bears are sitting there 
What do they do with the potential number one pick and what they have with Justin Fields? Make headway of this division where suddenly Detroit is the only organization that appears to be on solid ground. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, a week ago, everybody was questioning what Detroit was yeah. after they went to the Bears and lost. I mean, anybody, by the way, anybody questioning O'Connell has just lost their mind. I like, agree. he's having a heck of a year. Yeah. I, yeah, they lost last week and they kind of blew that game, but he's on his fourth starting quarterback. That team is really, really well coached. The Vikings are, the Vikings are having one of those seasons where they're going to look back and say, "Man, what would have happened if Kirk would have stayed healthy?" Uh, They might be this. I mean, legitimately, if if Kirk's healthy and Justin Jefferson stays healthy the whole year too, they might be the second best team in the NFC. I mean, they're that good. I really respect that Vikings team. I just know they're undermanned, but they're but they still, you know, they should have won at a Cincy team. It's still pretty good. The Packers, wow! Like, two, like they just—they just epitomize a roller coaster of this NFL season. Where look great early in the year, everybody's like, "Whoa, Jordan Love!" They really, really were not good for about six, seven weeks there, and everybody's dumping Jordan Love off the boat and all that kind of stuff. They put together a winning streak that includes a win over the Chiefs and Lions too. And everybody, oh wow, they're making the playoffs, and then they just blow it. it two over a seven-day stretch against the Giants and the Bucks, they absolutely blew their playoff shot. Now. They might get back up on the, the roller coaster again because their schedule is not that tough to where they can't win out and make the playoffs. But oh, what a what a weird season they've had. And then the Bears, you know, I'll give the Bears credit. The Bears have fought pretty hard mm-hmm. to become a better team. They are they should have won at Cleveland. They did beat the Lions. They're they're playing much 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 better than earlier in the season. And as we all know, they got that number one overall pick coming pretty soon. Indeed, they do. And if it's not them, uh, then number two would be seemingly the Patriots. So where I want to go with you is: Are you in the camp where it's a foregone conclusion that this Belichick's got three games left and he's either going to retire, maybe he's going to the Chargers? Do you buy the Chargers? Do you buy that it's over in New England? Because they can't draft a quarterback, I wouldn't think, and let a guy that's going to be there for a year or two in Bill Belichick try to mentor him uh, as he gets his feet wet in the NFL. Is it over in New England for Belichick? I think probably, you know, 80-20 that, that he's done. Uh, at some point, Kraft might get cold feet and say, look, this is the greatest coach of all time. What am I doing? Like, mm. I'm really going to be picking Bobby Slowick over Bill Belichick? Really? <laughs> like, But I think it's just time, and the Chargers do make total sense. Now, something we, we have to put out there, the Chargers' ownership is notoriously cheap. Like, notorious. Like, they're maybe the cheapest ownership in the NFL. And are they going to break the bank for Bill Belichick or just do their normal thing and sign kind of the higher the cheapest option they can. It's going to be interesting to see. I think Belichick makes 100% sense for the Chargers. That's a ready-made team. They don't need him to be there five years. They want him there for two. (laughs) Get Justin Herbert in the playoffs. Win a game. And I think Bill, the one thing Bill has left for him in the NFL before he retires and goes on his boat is catching Don Shula. I believe he needs 15 wins. Maybe 16, maybe 14. It's in that area. Two seasons with the Chargers. He retires as the all-time winningest coach, and maybe he can, I don't want to say rebuild his legacy because I don't think he needs it, but Brady went to another team and won a Super Bowl, right? What if Belichick went and made a Super Bowl Justin Herbert? Mm. I think that that would change the legacy for him again to, to the point of even the, the biggest haters could not deny that he's the greatest coach of all time. So it just makes total sense to me. It means it probably won't happen, but <laughs> yeah, I, Belichick to the Chargers just... 
it kind of fits, doesn't it? It certainly does. Uh, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. Frank, thank you again for doing this for us. We appreciate it. Happy holidays to you and yours, and we'll uh, talk uh, in 2024. Thank you, Frank Schwab. Absolutely, I appreciate it. Thank you, Frank Schwab, as we catch up with our buddy from the state of Wisconsin, uh, now living out in the mountain time zone, covering the NFL and sports wagering for Yahoo Sports. Uh, Trent's play of the day, plays of the day. They're coming up next. Miller and Condon, one segment to go before we turn it over to Murph and Andy, and then the drive with Heather and Sean. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. An hour and ten minutes away from Wiley versus Southern. They tip a two. Ooh, that's a good one. You got a number on that? Aren't you the one we turn to for those? Well, sometimes uh, uh, you got to find. You can't be betting on that. There's one top twenty-five matchup: Virginia Memphis tonight. Mm-hmm. Got to play on that one. Do you? Are you good? Well, take it away. The floor is yours. We got five plays tonight. Let's start on the local front. Is the Drake Bulldogs welcome in Alcorn State? Alcorn State uh, comes into this one with a one in ten record. Ah. As they've traveled their way through across the country, another member of the SWAC, as we talked about yesterday. I'm going to lay it. Give me the Bulldogs minus the 21. One other goofy game. Well, semi-goofy. I uh, Notre Dame is not good. I've seen the Irish a couple times. Their exempt tournament is not a good basketball team. Citadel's okay in the Southern. I'm going to grab Citadel and the 9.5. Mention the Memphis-Virginia game. Virginia, maybe it's just the way they got waxed by Wisconsin. I can't get it out of my mind, though. I'm going to lay with Memphis. I saw this team. Uh, they played really well over the weekend, got a nice win, and it beat undefeated. I think it was Clemson over the weekend. I like this Memphis team. I think Penny's finally starting to figure it out there. I'll lay the three. Do they with share the, the building with the Grizz? I'm not sure. Okay. Well, I know they don't play in the pyramid anymore because that's a Bass Pro Shop. Right. Is, it? Is that yeah. what it is now? Yeah. Well, we were in Memphis. We stopped there okay. and just had to see it. I mean, it's, it's the old pyramid, right? Yeah. What a cool building that was. What a great idea. Let's get another pyramid back. Bass Pro Shop now. Bass Pro Shop now. That's what it is. We'll lay the three with Memphis. Florida, Michigan. Any interest in that one yeah, tonight? Okay, that one got my. I did. I, I, I missed that game. Where is what? Uh, what time's that game? Ah, uh, that is a six o'clock game. It it is being played in Charlotte. Weird location, right? Uh, who's got the TV of it? Good question. Don't have that in front of uh, me. ESPN. Big ESPN. All right. Give me Florida. I've seen Michigan. I don't know how they beat Iowa. I don't either. Yeah, well, it was a donut game. There was nobody inside lending any kind of defense there. Give me the Gators minus the three. And uh, one more goofy one. UNC Greensboro plus two against High Point. So five picks. The Citadel. UNC Greensboro. Memphis, Florida. Drake, five picks tonight. And couldn't get there with the bowl game. I tried. What's the number? Is it double digits? It's or ten, is it ten, ten and a half. Now? Yeah. yeah. Um, Marshall is starting Chad Pennington's son. No, he's not. That made me feel old. This kid's not in college. Yeah. Chad Pennington. Cole. 
Pennington will get the start as Cam Fancher, their starter, is in the transfer portal. Uh, well, you got to do this. Marshall has four players, uh, including three starters that are in the transfer portal. They've also lost a couple of uh, coaches that have been moving around. UST, uh, UTSA has two players currently in the portal. One of them, the defensive player of the year in the American, Trey Moore, is in the portal. So that's your update because that's it's what part you of the have to do. Handicapping process, Trent. It really it is. is. Yep, no it doubt. It is a different world, and if you're not again. This is a non-paid endorsement, but the Action Network has a running tally on basically everybody. It's a must-have. You have if to you're do going it. to play games, yes, and play. I mean, bet on games, yes. Uh, we're going to have Bill Seals. It's signing day. We'll have Seals. Hopefully, I Colt. Of course, Cappy's going to be here. So will Mitch Holtus. So will Trent and I. Uh, next, Murph and Andy. They started one. The drive with Heather and Sean three to six. Of course, every day starts at Kexano with the morning rush at six. We're Miller and Condon weekdays. From 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX, NO.